glory to God. Oh. oh my. How many are glad they're in the house of the Lord today? I don't know why I wrote this word down. Why they were just, they didn't start singing that song because I didn't know what they were singing. Brokenness. That's what I put down. What'd you do that for, Rods? Well, I'm slowly going through this book that Brother Gurley talked about, a book on prayer. And one of the pages that I was reading yesterday talked about being broken. How that God, God deals well with broken people. And sometimes, especially nowadays, where pride sets in, we don't want to admit anything. I don't want to admit that I'm broken. My family's not. I don't come from a broken family. Yes, you do. And as soon as you admit that, as soon as you fall on him and let him break you even more, the better your life's going to be because the more the Spirit of God can flow through you because there's no hindrances there. Sometimes we want to buck up the system and say, you know, I'm, I'm fine the way I am. I don't, I don't need your extra anointing. I, I don't need your extra prayer requests. I don't, I don't need that extra service. I don't, I don't need that extra time. Yes, we do. You're telling me of all the things that we hear about in the news and the stuff that happens every day that we don't need to be better than we are? Yes, we do. I'm glad that I'm broken. Because that gives him a little more time with me. To heal. Praise God. Well, that's not the lesson, but I wanted to share that, and I thought when they started singing this song, <laughs> welcome to this broken vessel. I guess you're on target a little bit. Praise God. All right, wisdom's warning. That's what we're going to talk about today. A couple of scriptures we'll read, and then we can be seated, okay? I don't even know what that is. What is that? Oh, a Bible. Okay. <laughs> Funny, everything kind of looks like turkey. <laughs> I had to, I told, my, I told my wife the other day, well, I, I, yesterday I, I got to pick out my largest suit so I can wear my fat clothes. Oh, how many had a wonderful holiday? It's a blessing to spend it with your family. To just sit and um, we live in a great country, we do. And uh, back to brokenness, even though we don't like to admit it, but America is broken, broken bad. It needs a church that is anointed and holy to God to help us because there's we're not going to be able to elect anybody that can fix this. It doesn't matter who comes into office. It doesn't matter who controls the Senate or the House or the White House. It, and and to, the, to the fact, and I don't want to get on a political box, but it's in your face thing. And since when did all of that start happening? Been years, but we're broken. Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes, we've been studying about wisdom Verses 13 and 14 kind of wraps everything up. Verse 13 says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Ha, 
He's got it all down, doesn't he? Here it is. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it's good or whether it is evil. Fear God. How many want to do that? How many think they are fearing God? Okay, we'll find out. <laughs> Lord bless you. You may be seated. Fear God. The series that we've been looking into the last month is about wisdom. We first of all, uh, the first week of November, we talked about wisdom's worth. What is wisdom worth to you? How much value do you put on the Word of God? How much value do you put on church attendance? How much value do you put on the presence of God? How much value do you put on your faith in God and your trust in God that trust in the Lord? I think our scripture was trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. The next lesson was about the works of wisdom. A lot of times people leave it for others to do. And... Um, Works of wisdom is the action that you put involved into your life. We can talk about, we can talk a good game, but um, <clears throat> we need people that will act. We need people that will uh, take up the sword, people that will sacrifice, which is a word we're going to kick around today. The works of wisdom. A good lesson again uh, next week was on waiting for wisdom. Wisdom waits. Wisdom waits on God. Wisdom develops your patience. <laughs> People say, you need to pray for patience, Raj. <laughs> but sometimes we don't want to pray for patience because God will see to it that you put in a place where you're going to have to be patient. I think that happens to all of us. You just, you just have faith and be patient. God knows you're broken. Broken people don't just go to the self-help books on, in the library or the bookstore anymore. Broken people don't just uh, hunt things online or Google what they need to do. When you're truly broken and you know it and you know where to go, it's an altar in the church. It's under the anointed presence of God. Broken people listen to the preaching and the teaching. Broken people apply the actions to their life. So that they know that whatever they do, and it may take some time. But we live in a hurry-up world, don't we? Ever type something into Google and it shows you so much that happened in so many seconds that they look at all that we, you know, we looked up for you in, in 0.25 seconds. You got all of these. Isn't that great? No. Because we live in that kind of a world where everything's fast. And the faster you work, the more money you're going to make and the more money you're going to make and all that kind. That's why these holidays, it's important that you've got to have a place to unplug and to rest 
and to take some time out and thank God. And what happens is we should develop that into something every day. It's a precious time when you set some time out and say, Lord, just thank you to sit and to uh, meditate on God. Wisdom waits. It has patience. Um, sometimes, sometimes we want to hurry up with that little flower bud and peel up down the and open it all up and say, look, hurry up and blossom, hurry up and bloom. But God's not like that because God's got a simple plan for you. And it's not a fast-paced plan. It's wait for God. Today is the warnings of wisdom. We need to take advice from people that have done the wrong thing. We need to look in the lives that have experienced stuff. And it's a good thing that you can... Go to a bookshelf and, and, and read about what other people did, and so you don't have to take that class. You can read and apply that to your life as well. If it's something that has to do with work, if it's something that have to do to fix, to do this thing, I use YouTube University all the time. I'm a graduate with uh, honors because <laughs> I know that somebody else, okay, so that's where that screw is. Okay, so the old way was, uh, you know, I, I, I had wisdom from, and, and I attained wisdom from, um, you know, uh, trying different things, making sure that it doesn't work, try this, you know. Oh, that's how it happens. I, I, I know, I remember working on Matt's car. I had to tear the whole place apart in the whole front of this Chrysler 300. It was horrible. Don't ever buy one of those. Little screw. That's all it was, a little 7-millimeter screw, keeping the whole thing from coming out the front. I should have called Brother Galan. He told me right where it was. But that there wasn't any YouTube university. It was just process of elimination and... <laughs> oh well so we need to take people's advice and learn of it and some people are stubborn enough to say I don't need your advice I thought that way of my parents when I was a teenager boy my dad he's really he's really he don't think but you know what don't know how they did it I think I said that a few weeks ago the last time I taught of how that generation and what that generation did. So uh, <clears throat> our lives are meant to be examples, aren't they? Whether you know it or not, you are an example to somebody or some or something or a person's always watching you somehow. You're an example, especially if you have children because they can and will be used against you. Papa, what? Lulu don't have her seatbelt on. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> You're an example. Especially those that are in the household of God. We are examples that um, we are to be to other people, to our families, to other church members. So the things that you do, you're not just doing them for you. You're doing them that affect other people in the future when they look at you and things go, go on. 
Some examples are good. Some examples are bad. And some people are just horrible warnings. Don't ever do that. And God sometimes is, is uh, merciful. And somehow he keeps you, even though things were bad, somehow people just, they didn't see that, they didn't catch that, they didn't overlook that. God's merciful, isn't he? How many's got away with things that if they would have found out, you would have been a whole lot in trouble? I know. <clears throat> Paul says to this, he says, follow me after I follow Christ. It's not just something to talk about, it's something to do. Again, wisdom is not just something to talk about. It's the action thing. Wisdom works. God works when we apply him, when we, when we allow God to do it, when we allow God to work. Sometimes we cut God short because we don't give him the time. We don't give him enough of us. Follow me as I follow Christ, Paul said. So again, let's reread verse 13 and 14. Let us hear this conclusion of this whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, because everything God will bring its work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it's good or whether it's evil. Just because you don't hear about it on the news doesn't mean that God's going to show it somehow. It'll all come out. It'll always come out. You just let God work it out. Amen? <clears throat> this fear God, fear does not mean to tremble in him or to cower down or to be afraid of him. When I grew up in church, I was afraid of my pastor. I was just a kid. I didn't know. I didn't. It was, he, he was like too holy, you know, to get next to him, you know, Everything's going to be exposed. <laughs> so I didn't want to really get close to Brother Stewart, but I ended up doing that. You know, we, we had a tremendous relationship. And what happens is you fool yourself, and you think as long as you have the preacher fooled, then you'll be okay. Because you can hide all that from God. God doesn't know what's going on. Oh, yes, he does. And it will always be exposed so this fear doesn't mean to tremble and, and fear or to be afraid of God. But what it means is, as I said a few weeks ago when we talked about uh, the worth of wisdom, it means to defer to God. Defer means to I would rather have God choose me to do things than for me to choose for me. You understand what I mean? I want the opportunity to let him choose for me. That's deference or deference. That's deferring to somebody else's uh, subject in my life, not just mine. I can always do that, and I can always choose for myself. But when you get into the presence of God, and when you understand his word, and when you understand what it is to live for God, you will easily choose God to have preference over you than for me to have preference over myself. Why? Because I mess it all up. 
I choose selfishly. God doesn't do that. God wants kingdom thinking in my brain. He doesn't want me thinking. And we live in a day and an age where everything's about us. It's the individual that's Superman. It's the individual that can work all this stuff out. And we're reading and we're going to study. It's not that way. Because we need God to do this. So we need to submit and or the word is again surrender to God. I don't want to do my will anymore. I want to do your will. That doesn't mean choose Jeff or Skippy peanut butter or the Cheerios or the Rice Krispies, which my buying today. That doesn't mean that. It means the secret things in your life. It means it, it, it means the important things in your life. It means am I going to do the will of the flesh or am I going to let God work even further in my life spiritually? Am I going to allow God inside more or am I going to shut them all out because I'm just too busy? Choose God and trust in him and surrender to his will. That's what this means. That's what fear God means. And Solomon understood that when he wrote about this Ecclesiastes. So it is indeed a blessing to have an opportunity to choose God. You with me there? It's a blessing to have an opportunity to choose God. It's not a good thing when God doesn't look to you and God doesn't give you that and, 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 and uh, choices uh, to choose for God doesn't come your way. It's a blessing to get to church. It's a blessing to hear the preaching. It's a blessing to sing the songs of Zion and worship with God's people. It's a blessing to choose, well, I don't know if I want to go to church or not. It's a Sunday, you know, this and that, and it's been such a long weekend and a bad weekend. I, it's a blessing to come to, to, to church. It's a blessing to have an opportunity to choose God. That means he cares about you. That means he's offering something to you. That means he has something for you to do, but you have to choose what he wants you to do. Not me choose myself. An opportunity to come to church to worship. Every song we sing. So let me ask you this, and I don't mean to step on your toes or anything, but Sometimes we, we, it seems like people need to be pumped up and encouraged. Oh, really? Why does the pump up need to happen? Why don't we understand that we're in the presence of God? Why does somebody have to egg me on to raise my hands? Why does somebody have to give me a cheer to say, clap your hands and worship God? Why does somebody have to say, you know, right now is a good time to say amen. Or, or uh, uh, this is an opportunity to come down to the church, down to the altar and pray with somebody. Right now is an opportunity. I thank God that I'm in this church. I thank God that I'm in his presence. I thank God for you that's come out today. Why? You're giving God an opportunity to correct something that might need correcting. Who are we to think that we're good enough that we're not broken, that we don't need direction, 
that we in this time and day that we live in, that we don't need God's input in our life every day, that we don't need to open up our mind and our heart and listen to what God's speaking to us or how God's speaking to us. You feed your own life. You feed your own mind with what you listen to, with what comes into you. I want the things of God. It doesn't necessarily mean that uh, I, I get the opportunity to do that all the time, but let me tell you this, God will honor things that you choose about it says, I don't want this. I want to take some time out for God. I don't need just a minute. I need a lot of time. What a blessing to have an opportunity. You know, I used to, like I said before, when I was young, I didn't really want to get really close because I didn't want to get exposed. As long as, you know, I made it through this weekend at church, I'm good. That's not time for that. Another experience at the Pentecostal confession booth. And we were kids. Do it all over again. Saturday night and then Sunday confession time. Yeah. I'm just living. But, Rod, you were raised in church. Yep. Yep. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. Why? Because you get so familiar with the presence. I have family members that aren't in church. They don't want anything to do with church. Why? Because they're wore out of church. But there will be a time when all this stuff comes around and don't think that we're finished with all of this evil that's happening in this country. Don't think that the devil's finished at all. Oh, you won the house. Oh, you won this party. You won this elect. Don't think he's finished because he ain't going down. Because, listen, it's been thousands of years they've worked their way all the way up here. So it's not going to be an easy give up and say, okay, we're finished. That's not going to happen. That's why you need God every day. That's why you need the opportunity to come to God's house. That's why you need to study his word. That's why you need to apply the wisdom that God has. I, don't, I, I can't afford to just, just skip by an opportunity. I need to take advantage of every opportunity, advantage of every time the doors are open, advantage of every time there's a preacher, there's a song, there's a teaching, there's something going on. I need to take advantage of that because I'm not good enough to get it on myself. That's a bad thing that's happening because we need each other. We just need each other. I need to shake your hand and hug your neck and say, it's going to be great. Why? Because we're serving the Lord and we're going to win, but just got to have patience and let the Lord work it all out. I don't know why I'm going down that road. It's a privilege to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost to bring things to your mind that will say, I need to fix this now. It's a privilege to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost when, when the preaching's going on, that, that God convicts you and God quickens your start of your, of your mind and say, you know this thing that you didn't ask forgiveness for? You need to straighten it up. You know this thing that you didn't repent of? You need to get it, get it right because I want to do what God wants me to do. Why? Because it's a kingdom thing. 
Why? Because people need the house of God. People need a good church. People need a revival church. And it's not going to happen if I don't do anything about it. If I'm just the same old, same old, same old, it's going to just overwhelm us. Rod, you're just crazy today. (laughs) It's like God plows your field. He plows it how he wants it done. If you ever done something or going through a class or some kind of a process or job or work or something that you have guidance to do and yet you have a master that comes by and checks on you, looks over your shoulder and says, okay, here's how this needs to be done. And they just step aside and I'll show you. That's kind of how the presence of God works. When we think we're good enough and something goes forth and, and, and you are in your prayer closet and God keeps bringing this stuff up and you need to get rid of it and God will give you an opportunity. Let's say opportunity. We have an opportunity today to let God work in our lives or not. You have an opportunity to turn it on or turn it off. You have an opportunity to let him in or close it all up and say, well, you know, we got to do this and we got to do that and I don't have time. I found out that the best thing that I can do is let God just have his way. Let him have his way. So God plows your field how he wants it done. He goes through everything and says, Rod, you need to remove this. You need to move out these stones. You need to pull these weeds out of this way. Why? Because I'm going to plant something in you, and these things can't remain. You can't have the things of the world and the things of God together going in the same thing. Why? Because it's not that that um, God doesn't trust us. He does. It's just too much, too easy for the flesh to take over. That's why it's a battle. That's why it's so hard sometimes is because we want to do the easy stuff, don't we? Uh, We want paint that has primer in it so we don't have to paint it twice. What's that got to do? Well, it's an easy route. We want the shake and bake chicken, you know. (laughs) It's not going to work that way. The slow growth things done the same old way that God wants them done all this time. So the parable of the sower, we can read about that. I just throw that in there so that you can read that over. So that is what fearing God is all about. But not only do we fear God, not only do we allow God to choose for us, but it is also said, we have to do his commandments. Mm. And that's only found in this. So let's quickly read through Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. <clears throat> Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember the Lord when you're young. Let the Lord use you when you're young. So now you can say, well, you know, I don't have this, and so let the young kids do it. Because when you remember the Lord when you're young, you'll develop that relationship early. 
so that when you're older, it's going to be stronger and you're going to be a mighty warrior than you were. <laughs> Remember this when you're young. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened or the clouds return after the rain, the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders will cease because they're few. Those that look out of the windows be darkened. Remember, God, when all this stuff happens, you got to have a relationship. So it's important to have that relationship early in your life. That's why we teach Sunday school. That's why we teach our kids. That's why we do things. Why do you think that the, the, the devil wants young kids? Why do you think they want to put this stuff in their schools so early? Preschool stuff. What are they teaching these kids? Why do you think they want to do that? So they can grow up in that way. I'm telling on my age, but when I was elementary school, we never heard of this stuff. Didn't even think that way. But he did. He had it all planned out. That's why we need a strong spiritual person. We need a strong church. Mm. And the doors shall be shut, verse 4, in the streets. When the sound of the grinding is low, he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters and the music shall be brought low. And when the when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fears shall be in the way and the almond tree shall flourish and the grasshopper shall be burdened and desire shall fail because man goeth to his long home and the mourners go out in the streets. Remember the Lord or ever when the silver cord is loosed and the golden bow be broken and the pitcher be broken, can't gather water at the fountain or the wheel is broken of the sister. Nothing's really working. It's common stuff. Remember God. Remember that he's going to take care of you no matter what happens. You are God's child. He's got his eyes on you. He knows where you're at, what's going on. If all this stuff happens, you need to remember God. You don't need to remember when it happens. Why? Because your, your relationship is so small and minute. Build your relationship early. This is what he's talking about. Of all the Proverbs, the Psalms, and the Ecclesiastes, of all that's going on, this is what he's saying. Build it when you're young. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return to, unto God who gave it. Here it is. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. All is vanity, or another word is worthless, or another word is meaningless. Why? Because God's not in it. That's why. Your life's empty if God's not in it. Do you hear me? No matter what age you are, that's an opportunity today. If you're missing something in your life, then you need to get God involved into it right away. Because why? Because it's empty. But, but look at all that I've accumulated. Look at all the stuff I have. He did all of this stuff. Solomon did it all. And we read about it in verse 14, 13 and 14. He says it's not worth anything because God's not in it. The preacher thought to find acceptable words 
and that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. Verse 11, the words of the wise are as goads, prods, and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. I could go right down this aisle and preach a hot message about being a good shepherd and you being a good sheep. I'll save that message. But listen to me. Hear me today. A warning. Wisdom's warning. You have got to be close to hear his voice. From one shepherd. Amen. Further by these, my son, be admonished of making many books, that there is no end, and much study is the weariness of the flesh. Again, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it's good or bad, it's going to come out. I want it to be good. Amen. So Solomon wrote all these Ecclesiastes. God gave him all the wisdom, the reign over the golden age of Israel. He sought out the meaning of life, trying to satisfy life's desires through wealth, companionship, and obtaining all the fame throughout all the world. And he summed it up in his years of this pursuit of happiness with just some, one simple phrase, vanity, it's all vanity. That is to say there's no real meaning to all that thing that I've accomplished without God. If I have God, God in your life helps you jo uh, have joy over the things that you've accomplished. Amen? Accomplishing things without God, just emptiness. We make our feeble attempts at peace, trying to do our own way, and especially in today's modern computer age, it doesn't happen. Sometimes it's, it's, it, it's not comical funny but it's funny that how man tries his best at at making peace tries his best at accomplishing things and not involving God in it all as an example Matthew 14 Mark 6 and John 6 you find the disciples attempting to navigate their boat in a storm on the sea of Galilee without Jesus involved oh but they were experienced fishermen I understand all of that but if you can just, for a minute, first century, uh, first century uh, boats and stuff, they weren't very big. These guys weren't very big at all, and they were just coming off a miracle of the loaves and the fish, so they had stuff on the boat. But they're out in this lake. It's dark. And I was thinking, laying in bed, I was thinking, what do these guys do for a light? Oh, they had this little oil lamp. So the storm, you know, how you keep a light going on in the rain and the wind and all the waves blow. <laughs> maybe the moon, maybe it was a full moon. Maybe Jesus set him out there in a full moon. I don't know. Even that, it's still pretty dark. Out in the middle of a lake, really? Where's the matches? Where's the lighter? Where's the Zippo? I can't see. And they're in this storm. And they're trying their best to navigate. They're trying their best at their oars. They're trying their best at bailing out the water and all that kind of stuff without the Lord involved at all. 
And I think Jesus set this up for a lesson. Go to the other side. <coughs> so he comes walking to him. Gets on the boat, calms the sea down. Isn't that a good example? When you got God in your life, everything calms down. This is guys tell me at work. Rods, you don't get excited about anything, do you? Yep. Not here. <laughs> Sundays I get excited. <laughs> so today is society, we all agree that there's really nothing shorter than a disaster. And man thinks that he has his way of solving all of these problems. If we just elect the right people, I already said that. If we just trust them to do the right thing and give them untold amounts of money, they'll fix it. Oh, Okay, well, we need more money. Let's give more money to Ukraine. You want the inflation to rise? Just keep shoveling money. Because you know what they do? They launder it, and it comes back somehow. And look, now look who you've elected. Now look at all this stuff. Let's just keep giving man money and keep thinking that he's going to fix it. The only answer, and you agree with this, is Jesus Christ. I can't do it by myself. Man can't do it with his, with his methods and with his carnal behavior. Why? Because it's sinful. He doesn't have the answer. He just fools you into giving him more money. The only answer is Jesus Christ. In 2 Samuel 6, we find this account that David brought the ark home to Jerusalem, the ark of the covenant, after it was captured by the Philistines. Things need to be respected, especially things in God's house pertaining to his house. We've got to understand this is God's, and it has to be done God's way. The problem is so many churches change their stuff, and they say, well, yeah, you don't have to believe that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to speak in tongues. You don't need a Holy Ghost. We just do it this way. Look how many people we have in our church because there's nothing really involved in it because nobody's changing. Just keep giving them money. So, man's attempt to bring the ark home is with a cart and an oxen. Yuza was doing a good thing. He was doing a good thing, steadying this thing, but it cost him his life. Why? Because God said, no, you don't do it that way. You got to learn. Heed the warnings. But it wasn't how God was instructed it to be. So David figured it out, though. He got the priest to carry the ark, and every six paces, the Bible said there was a sacrifice that was made. Every six paces, there was blood that was shed. Every six paces, something happened. Why? Because we're bringing the presence of God into Jerusalem. We've got a reason to, to worship. We've got a reason to act this way. Why? It's the presence of Almighty God. God's going to fix it all. If we just let him do it, there's no better time right now than the opportunity to serve God than right now today in his service. Yeah, we're in the end times. Yeah, <clears throat> we're full of evil. It's full of evil. Yeah, it's multiplied evil. And man cannot uh, uh, afford to have a carnal type Christian that's not effective on the spiritual battleground. We've got to be effective on the spiritual battleground. Amen? Because Satan knows which Christian to fear and which one just looks the part. 
When I get up, I want him to fear me that I'm getting up. And I can only do that with God. In the second chapter of John, we have an example of Jesus cleansing the temple. Why did Jesus get so mad? I'll say this and we'll be finished. Because the money changers, was it wrong that they made money? Well, not really, but it was how they were doing it. And you'll see these. You'll get to walk up these steps, Phil, when you go, when you guys go. You'll get to walk up these steps. Were they the steps Jesus walked? I don't know which route he took, but it's there. It's because they were shortcutting the sacrifice. So heed the warning. Wisdom says you got to sacrifice. Carnality says, ah, let's just shortcut it. You don't need to. What happened is you were to take this lamb and you were to raise it and nurture it like it was your own for a year before you went back to sacrifice. That's like offering up your pet. You see how much it meant to you? But you see how much it means to God. That's why we sing a song, because we bring the sacrifice of praise to the house of the Lord. Why? It's a sacrifice. And God will ask you to do things again while you're giving God the opportunity to, to, to twist my heart, to do something, to pull my string, to do something to correct my life somehow. I'm giving you permission. And I'm in an opportunity situation that I can choose you, Lord. That's what he was so mad about is because it didn't require them to get involved with the sacrifice. What do you mean? I just paid that and I just took it around and they sacrificed again. They would recycle the lamb. Do you understand what the difference is? I don't need a, a, a weak worship. I don't need a fake worship. I don't need a lazy worship. God's looking for something that costs people something. Just because man got involved. Yeah, he's coming back. He's coming back for his own. Some people he's not going to know. Why? Because it's all a facade. I want the real thing, don't you? God hates lazy worship. Let's stand together. I'm going to share this last thing with you. It's short, but I wrote it down. I have to share it with you. You can spend a minute with God in prayer. Or you can spend a moment with God in prayer. It's your choice. Well, that's all the time I have. I'm busy, Roger. I understand being busy. I understand being a drive-by wave. I understand rolling around and going through and, you know, getting my sacrifice and going there. At least I showed up. At least I did. I understand that. But he's looking for more than just a minute or one sixtieth of a, of, a, of a second of an hour. He's looking... He's looking for somebody that wants to spend some time with him. 
He's looking for a moment, not a minute. Well, what's a moment, Raj? Isn't that a few minutes? Yeah, but it's a moment is a period of time that you've set aside. And the more that you have a relationship with God early on, those moments will turn into hours. Those hours will turn into multiple hours. Why? I've got to spend a moment with God. Hey, Raj, what? I need a moment, okay? And do you think I'm going to set my watch and say, you've had your minute, it's time to go? You see the difference of an attitude of saying, God, I, I, I need a moment with you. And you'll know those precious times. Today, you have an opportunity for a moment with God, not just a minute. Not just a five-minute prayer at the end of the service. But you let God speak to your heart. And you be the person that opens up to him and say, okay, God, whatever you want in my life, however you want to do it, that's the law and that's the lesson here that wisdom makes. Of all of these four lessons, the warnings is you've got to fear God and let him have control of your life. Let's sing it.
hope I've helped you out today, give you a word or something you can build upon. Thank you for coming. We're going to go into our prayer <coughs> time. Come back for worship.